0: Love Talk Radio. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three Cs. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations, so be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hi, everybody. It's just my pleasure once again to have you join me this Monday on the Born to Talk radio show, and I would like to welcome my guest, Jamie Goldfarb, and his daughter, Ariana Abend Goldfarb. Jamie is one of the co-founders of Pause to Share. And I'd like to welcome you to the show, Jamie.
1: Oh, no, thank you, Marcia. We are absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you. T- terrific. And
0: Ariana, hi, Ariana. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Well, I think this is going to be anyone that loves animals and loves the four-legged type. Is going to really enjoy what this show is all about because you guys are the co-founders of Pause, and I and I do think it's important that Pause is not spelled P A U S E S, but Pause as in P A W S, Pause to share, and that is your company, and um, mm-hmm. that's what this show is going to be all about today. And before we get into having you share a little bit about yourself, as I said in the opening. Um, my show is all about conversations and connections and community. And it just so happens that that's how we all got together because we have a mutual connection. My friend Leah McKinney Buckley is somebody that I've known since the seventh grade. That was a year or two ago, I might say. And we (laughs) both still live here in Westchester where we grew up and went to junior high and high school together. And I understand that she works with your wife, Suzette. Is that right?
1: That's absolutely correct. Or she did. No, they still still know each other exceptionally well, yes.
0: Yeah, because they're in a book club or something together, I think she said. Well, I think that's – so she said, oh, Marcia, you're with my my friend Suzette's husband because they've got quite an organization, and I think that you'd really love it. So let's start with you, Jamie. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and and just about who Jamie is, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Sure enough, my pleasure.
0: Uh, mm. I'll
1: start with what everybody who knows me well knows is that I'm an exceptionally odd bird. Um, I have <laughs> a, <laughs> I've got a very um, varied background. Um, I'm actually a developmental psychologist. Uh, by academic training, I had the good fortune in the early part of my career um, getting my doctorate from UCLA and having the pleasure of teaching there. That was actually a great experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I've uh, played a number of roles. Um, I have worked in early childhood education, uh, actually working with the L.A. County Office of Education, developing pre-kindergarten curriculum. That was quite rewarding. Uh, after that, worked in a few different companies, but for the most part, uh, I've always worked in the education realm, so um, I've worked uh, with organizations and actually started a company. Um, we focused on the K-12 market. We did curriculum development. We did assessment, professional development, uh, all really rewarding stuff and really good stuff. Mm. Um, Cool. and then uh just kind of continuing the theme um if you can see the theme a lot of um what i've tried to do in my career is actually focus on sort of the social good so while well, clearly business uh you know focus everything that i've wanted to do was actually to help um sort of improve you know lives whether 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 it was for students or in the case with pause to share actually for people who really want to have a pet but can't have one so it's our role to bring them to them. So yeah. It's and strange kind of path, but, Yeah.
0: But rewarding and and, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. and and terrific. That that's great and Go Bruins. All right. Um <laughs> uh, Ariana, um no I can't help that, my my daughter's an alum. Um so Ariana, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, um, I'd love to know more about you. Well, um my background
2: is not nearly as extensive as my father's. I am just well you lived longer. My,
0: Come on. Yeah. That he has. He just lived much longer, yes. yes. yes.
2: Um mm-hmm. so I am just starting off in my career path. I am a recent graduate of Willamette University with my degree in oh. exercise science. Um <laughs> I am working towards becoming a physical therapist. Actually, in the process of applying to grad school at the moment. Um, I have worked with children in camps. I currently work at an Italian restaurant as well as a physical therapy clinic. And in the little spare time that I have, I work for Pause to Share as a co-founder. I love doing it. Um, my current role in the company is I am the Vice President of Finance. I take care of all the invoicing and payroll and kind of the -the behind-the-scenes
0: aspects. Great. Great. Well, I think that it's really um, going to be an interesting show because what you guys do, I don't think think there is another company that I'm not, at least I'm not familiar with another Mm -hmm. company that provides the type of services that you provide. And, Jamie, I thought maybe you could just talk about what is um, the mission of, of Pause to Share? What do you guys do and maybe what you don't do? Can you tell us more about sure. your organization or
1: your company? Sure. So so we're, we're a company. Um, I, I, I'm actually going to start, if you're okay, with sort of how we came to be and where the sure. idea came came from, because I think that will kind of put in perspective what our very specific mission is. So um, mm-hmm. uh, Pause to Share is a very new organization. We've only been around for a little over a year and a half. Um but the sort of germ the, the sort of idea uh, for the company came about uh, within a very short period of time. Um and ironically, and one of the reasons Ariana is a co-founder is w- one of the things that happened is, you know, Ariana uh, was away at school at uh, Willamette University in Oregon. And my eldest daughter and Ariana's sister, uh, Elisa, uh, was a student at um, the University of Puget Sound in, in Tacoma, Washington. And, you know, keeping in mind that we as a family had always had pets, both dogs and cats. You know, both my kids were living on campus. Um, and, and within a very short period of time, both of those kids called us, called me and my wife, called Suzette, and said, we're thinking about illegally adopting uh, a cat or a dog, um, even at the risk of getting kicked out of the dorms, um, they just so terribly missed um, the pets. And this was in spite of the fact that the universities were great. They had therapy animals coming in, you know, during midterm mm-hmm. and finals time, and my kids loved that. It was great, but my kids were looking for something different. They wanted they wanted pets to come on a very regular basis. They wanted pets that they could feel like. They, they almost had part ownership of, right, that they could really establish a relationship. So, you know, the, you know my kids are talking to me about that. And then within the same week that my kids expressed this, my mother, who's living in an assisted living facility, is talking about Tipper, who was our first dog. Um, how much much he missed her, and same thing. The group at the you know, the facility had animals coming in, you know, every couple of months, but my mom wanted a dog. She wanted a dog to come and visit her on a regular basis. And then sort of the capper was a cousin, and you'll hear a lot about family in this discussion, uh, living in, a, in an apartment complex, is dying for a giant schnauzer. He wants a giant schnauzer. He wants to name him Max. Um, but his oh, apartment, man. you know, made it clear that they they couldn't have it, right? So this notion of is there really a need out there for pets to come and visit people, not just to help relieve stress. Now, clearly that's a benefit, right? But, you know, to to bring pets to people who would really love to have one but just can't keep them, right? People are living in all sorts of circumstances that just don't make sense. So, you know, a year and a half ago, this germ of an idea came up and we started looking into it and, you know, we did a whole bunch of research. I am a developmental psychologist, a research psychologist after all, <laughs> um, but there seemed to be a need for it. So about a year ago, we launched this, you know, and it's been great, but I, I bring that all up because there are other groups out there that do pet visits, right? There are a lot of therapy groups, there are some other groups but their mission's a little bit different in life, right? Their mission is to come, you know, and visit people like in hospitals and other facilities to help relieve stress. Um, our mission is is to go on a regular basis to bring the same pets back time after time, to find the kind of pets that will engage in a very comfortable and social and engaging way with the people we visit so that literally, they feel like this pet is partially theirs. So, that's what we do marsha we help build a relationship we're not there just for stress relief
0: well that's that's really interesting and like i like you mentioned there are there are all kinds of service dogs and all kinds of things mm-hmm. that people do for for a variety of reasons, but I know mm-hmm. um, I was looking um on your website, which is pause to share dot com and you talk about some of the things that you actually do, but there are also some things that you actually don't do. Um, would either one of you want to talk about that?
1: Uh, Arianna, a you want to you, take a stab at this, or <laughs> <laughs> or, or do, I mean, I, I
0: don't mind. You know, if, if that's taking you, yeah. catching you a little bit off guard, you know, I am fine, Jamie, If you want to just, if you want to just keep talking about what you guys do, because, well, like as, as an example. Um, one of the things that you don't do is you don't leave um, the animal unsupervised. Mm-hmm. That there, you have handlers right. that come with these with these mm-hmm. animals, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. so we can maybe as we go through this show, maybe we can, we maybe maybe just by our conversation, the things that you do and don't you don't do will, will actually come up, Jamie. And that's perfectly fine what? because what you well, go ahead. Did you want to say something?
1: Well, well I, so we can address part of this, Marcia, so I don't want to kind of put this off. So, so for example, you've kind of pointed out a couple things, but for example, because we're not a certified therapy group, one of the things we will never do, and this is definitely the purview of, um, of the therapy groups, is we will never take dogs to, to hospitals. Um, for example, um, there are very you know, specific requirements for the types of pets who make those visits and safety concerns we'll never replicate that, right? So that's one of the critical things we won't do. Um, mm-hmm. But you do bring out a, a really important point, which is, you know, a lot of what I spoke about was all for, you know, the benefit of the people we visit. Um, but we are a very concerned organization about what it means for the pets that um, we take on visit. So for example, we are very careful about the pets that um, we will actually let do the visits. Um, We go through a very careful vetting process. Um, We actually have worked with a group called the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, who's given us guidelines for what to look for in the pets that we bring, um, what are the sort of behavioral controls, but what, very importantly, are the social and temperamental qualities of a dog and a cat, because we have cats visit too. I know that would be good for those visits. Um, mm-hmm. But to your point exactly, we, we don't want to place any undue stress on pets. So even the most social of dogs, we will never let them be out on visits any day more than two hours at a time. Um, we mm-hmm. limit the total number of hours a dog can be on visit during the week to 10 hours. Um, because even though they're 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 great visits and everybody enjoys, there is a certain level of stress that could be developed, and we want to be sure to um, control that and make sure that this is a good experience for everybody. So those are some of the limits that we place on uh, our visit model.
0: That, that's really interesting, and 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 Jamie, while we're talking about about all of this and we'll just kind of mm-hmm. you know we'll just take this this journey together you and Ariana and myself. One of the things that you said just a moment ago was just how important family is to you and this mm-hmm. um pause to share. Maybe you could explain a little bit more what what is it about the family aspect of your of your company? Mhm. Right.
1: Um so so I gave you the long circuitous um, route of my <laughs> career path to get to this point, right? Yes, um, right. You know, all of those things were great. Uh, I actually, when I started um, one of the education companies, it was sort of a, a, a first venture into having um, one of my family members join. Actually, Elisa is a wonderful writer. So she actually came on and did some work for the company that I was uh, that I had founded, and it gave me a taste of how nice it was to have family members around. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the circuitous route of my uh, of my career actually gave me a great benefit, right? So I had started this company, and we were fortunate to be successful um, and had got, gotten acquired. Um, but after a couple of years after the acquisition, then I was sort of in a luxurious place of trying to decide what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, um, And I kind of went through a checklist, you know. I went and said, okay, I I want to continue to do things that bring joy to the world, right, that are good, that, you know, help, you know, increase the value of, um, you know, people's lives. So that was one of the key criteria. Um, One of those was I never wanted to have to go to another business meeting dressed in a suit and a tie (laughs) ever again and wanted, wanted to show up. Um, in in my my what are now my famous uniform of Henley T shirts and, and my shorts and hold my meetings at dog parks, right? You know, that's you know that's, that's how I wanted awesome. my to go. Yeah, um, and, that's and then great. the family component, Right. So so I had I had two reasons for wanting family, right? One is I wanted the opportunity to spend more time, uh, you know, with my, my kids and my cousins. Um, that was wonderful. Although I could never figure out how to address my emails to my kids. And, you know, are you supposed to sign your emails, <laughs> dad? Um, or are you supposed to sign them, Jamie? Or I'd never figure that one out. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, but, but now i here, I'm going to sound like a, a, a protective parent. Um, so uh, as a developmental psychologist, I, I, I never wanted to make things too easy for my kids. Um, I wanted them to have to struggle and understand what that was about, right? But I also wanted to um, empower them to be able to be successful. So part of my motivation was if this was a good company, if we managed to be successful, then my kids could be part of something that they would had to work for that hopefully for the long term for their lives will be both of social and financial benefit for them um, and that will have taught them some important lessons along the way so for all those reasons it was very important for me to work with my family
0: I get that so Ariana as as a daughter um, what is it like for you working in a family business with your dad and cousins what is that and your sister what is that like for you um, I love it. It's
2: a wonderful experience because family, as my dad has made clear, is very important to us. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very close with my family, and so just getting this extra opportunity to spend time with them and work with them has been really wonderful. It has also been very trying at times because there <laughs> is the family dynamic <laughs> along with mm-hmm. the business, Um and so trying to work through that and communicate and being the youngest of the group, trying to find my voice in the company with my father and older sister, um, it has definitely been difficult at times, but it has allowed us to
0: grow as a family. I can, <laughs> I can imagine that. And, and also um, it sounds to me like there needs to be some balancing when you're home during the (laughs) summer that's got to be much easier than you know studying for an exam and being out of the state so there's a a lot of different things that go into that isn't there
2: there are a ton and you know, I, I love my father dearly, but at times he uh, can get on my nerves a bit. And so in a lot of ways it's nice <laughs> to be able to call up my sister or my <laughs> cousins who we work with and just kind of vent and complain and have them completely understand, but that we all love each other because we are family.
1: Oh, that's, hey, hey, that's perfect, I, boy. Yes. Do I need to express a, a formal complaint about the employees at this point if they're going behind no, my back No, you do to, not. To, to? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. A little
0: I'm, I'm sticking with the girl. On this one, Uh-oh. okay, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but but Ariana, so what I'm interested in knowing, and I and I think I, I I'm I don't really know the answer to this. So, do you currently have any pets, or do you um, only have the pets I that do. your parents have? Okay, tell well, me about your
2: pets. I so I am living <laughs> back home with my parents right now. Um, They have been kind enough to let me move home after college because I miss them and I miss my pets. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am living back home. We have three cats and two dogs currently. Um, Our youngest dog is about a year and a half. Uh, We rescued her when she was seven weeks old. She was the cutest little thing, and she was supposed to be my dog, but somehow she has Mm -hmm. attached herself to my dad. Follows him everywhere. Happens. Right. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to be mine. She was going to sleep in my bed. It was going to be wonderful. But she follows him around the house. He leaves, and she just starts crying. Um, oh, what kind of dog is she? It's pretty cute to watch. She is a half-Australian shepherd, half-golden retriever. Um, her name oh, is Mia. Oh, she's not a small little doggy. Okay. No, she, no.
0: she's a big we, girl. We
2: like to rough house with our dogs, so mm-hmm. having them a little bigger is works for us um
0: that's nice yeah
2: yeah so it's been pretty great and
0: and do the do all five of them get along between the dogs and the cats
2: for the most part yes um one of our cats our youngest cat actually thinks our older dog lucy is his mom they (sighs) my dog's name was food okay Uh uh-huh Oh, um yeah so nice. they they cuddle together um he walks around her rubs up against her wants her attention um there's one cat his name is milo he is an orange tabby and he's about 30 pounds Ooh, he's <laughs> a big boy yeah he's a big boy he's not too fond of the puppy um just mm-hmm. because she has too much <laughs>
0: energy for him
2: but other than that uh they all get along great
0: that's so great. Well, speaking of, you just kind of described your menagerie in your house <laughs> and by the way when you said your dog's name was Bootsy, that was I when I grew up, I we grew up with a dog um yeah. and and maybe for the same reason of the name, um our dog's name was Boots that we called Bootsy because of the paws. But we had cats. Our my, my when we when I got married, my children grew up with cats. And it's really yeah. weird how you come up with names. Like Wilbur was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, don't ask me how Wilbur. Because my last name is Waiteka, it seemed like it, Wilbur Waiteka seemed like a good name. Then the next one was Fred um, because my father-in-law, just when he didn't know somebody's name, he always called him Fred. So that's how we got Fred. And both of those cats lived um, 18 years. And then another oh. cat just um, adopted us. And it was Mm -hmm. from across the street and down a few houses. And for whatever reason, we knew that the mother's name of that cat was Friday. So Mm. naturally we named our cat Thursday. Okay. That's just weird. And um, (laughs) Thursday didn't live as long because Thursday ended up getting sick. Like that happens at times, but it is kind of funny how we um, come with names and and all of that. But what I'm interested in knowing, and I'm, I'm really curious about this. So, In your organization, in your company, um, to kind of take me through this, are there particular dogs that are best suited for the kind of visits that they make to your to your clients? Is there certain breeds that that are best? There, either one of you can grab that one. Okay, so give me an example.
2: So, we love all animals. we accept all dogs. There are a few breeds, however, that unfortunately, due to insurance limitations, we are not allowed to have um, pit bulls, chihuahuas. Mm-hmm. We would love to take them, um, but unfortunately mm-hmm. we 're not able to but there are definitely breeds that are better suited for different visits. Um, some of the more subdued breeds um, they they work well with our senior populations um, and some of the more playful dogs kind of labs and some goldens and our little <laughs> Nicks, um, are great for the college visits because those are very mm-hmm. playful, lots of running around, but we do have to be careful when we go to senior facilities because um, you know, if a dog jumps, there's an, uh, a risk for, the clients who are visiting, you know, that they may fall, that they may get scratched. So we definitely look for that
0: when we are deciding which animals
2: uh, should go to which location.
0: I would think so, and and I and also I would think. I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in the position of a client, and mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't have any pets. I feed the the squirrels and the birds, and you know the crows, <laughs> and I guess they're birds. But I mean, you know, that's what I do. There's a cat that's the neighborhood cat that I feed every single day, and I hire my neighbor to to feed these animals I've just described to you. If I travel, but (laughs) there is something very lovely about sitting on the couch and watching TV with a pet Mm -hmm. and just petting it, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe taking a walk with a pet because the dog can walk well on a leash. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but but when you when you mentioned and I just find this so. Very fascinating. When you mentioned that you bring cats as a possibility, <laughs> it's uh-huh. like really. I, I mean, you wouldn't have got my mean Wilbur to go anywhere with you. So, uh-huh. how do you train a cat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so do you want a serious answer about that? Uh, well, I'll, I'll take I the funny one and the uh, serious one. Uh, I'll take them both. So, so, so. Here's the reality, and this is actually true. And Ariana alluded to this a little bit, even when talking about the dogs, is that um, training is important for what we do, don't get me wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. But we don't need animals that are perfectly healed given the broad variety of visits we make. And so, you know, I know we're going to talk a little bit about what some of our visits look like. But for example, as Ariana points out, you know, we will not take all animals to all different locations that will visit um, just because of some of the behavioral elements. But when it comes down to it, really probably the most important um, factor, what we look for in the animals that we bring is, are they loving? Are they social? Are they comfortable around not only people, but around other dogs? And that's that has to be true even when the owner is present, because as Ariana pointed out, as we talked about, we would never think about dropping a dog off, you know, with its owner not there. Um, but we've had situations where we've had just wonderful dogs that are incredibly social, but so connected to their owners that they're they they just want to spend the time with their owners and are not as interested in engaging other people in those circumstances. So this is a long roundabout way of saying that even the dogs, training is important, but training is not the, the ultimate state for us, right? And, and I'm going to put this in context. We, we have, we'll talk about this too, but we have over a 100 dogs working with us at this point. Wow. And we, we have four cats. I believe is our latest count to kind of put this in context because the realities is from a personality, from a temperament standpoint, um, it's much easier to find dogs that are more social and engage and are comfortable traveling in cars. That's another criteria for us than cats, Mm -hmm. right? But I'll tell you, when we find those cats that crave (laughs) attention, that uh, walk on a harness. I don't know if you guys have ever seen cats walk on a harness outdoors. It's quite a picture mm-hmm. of uh, interest yes. um, mm-hmm. who love um, t- attention and love attention from everybody. Um, they're They're truly a rare breed, right? So at this point, I think we have four. They are a prized commodity. So if anybody listening to this has a cat that Needs all those qualifications. We are desperately looking for more cats, um, but I, know but that I think, travel I well. Yeah, 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 but but I can't claim that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, we're not training these cats. They are who they are, and we find them when we can take them.
0: I'd like to clarify something that that I'm confused about because I'm learning about your organization just like our listeners. So did I understand mm-hmm. that? Let's just say you've got this. Um, beautiful retriever and Mm -hmm. it belongs to Joe is Joe Mm -hmm. the handler for the retriever and then Joe and his dog comes to my house or is there somebody is there an intermediary between Joe and the dog There is not an intermediary for the most part. Um,
2: The owners of the animals are the handlers because we want to make sure that the animals are as comfortable as possible. And given the fact that it is their owner, they are more likely to be more comfortable with them there. However, we do have very few select circumstances where the owners of the pets are not themselves able to go on the visits as the handler, but they give written consent for someone to be the handler for their
1: pet. But oh, it has to be somebody you know, that the pet's familiar with oh, yeah. that they, they feel very comfortable with, right? Again, we, we will not take dogs out with somebody they don't know. It has to be a longstanding relationship.
0: Well, that makes, now that I understand that about your company, that actually makes more sense. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends that have dogs. Um, I, I've had shows about dogs, everything from guide mm-hmm. dogs to pit bulls and, mm. and, and, and things in between about about pets and what pets mean. Oh, I even had people from the airport that have service dogs that, you know, can calm of um, mm-hmm. um, passengers, flyers, people that are going to yep. be traveling. That's a really, that's a fabulous organization mm-hmm. right here, at LAX. Mm-hmm. But yep. that makes sense to me now that what you're saying, and also, you know, I'm just thinking about. You know, I'm not a college kid in a dorm, but um, uh-huh. I live alone, and there are times uh-huh. when even I'm alone. And uh-huh. um, how cool would it be if I establish a relationship, not only with that wonderful dog, whatever that is, that breed, or uh-huh. or or, but that owner, that that dog uh-huh. is. A, they're a they're a duo, and so when the uh-huh. dog comes, so does. That handler, that owner, and yep. so you're really getting a twofer you're getting uh-huh. the the comfort of that animal, but you're also getting the company of the handler and so would it uh-huh. be as an example i 'm not a shut in i don 't you know I'm, I can easily get around. There are a lot of cool places where you could take a dog for a walk just in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I decide that I want to be one of your customers. I, I get in touch with you, and we'll talk more about that part as well. Mm-hmm. But your, yeah. that handler, that dog owner and their um, lab or whatever, we're now out taking a walk for a couple of hours because
1: mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm.
0: just joyful for me. Is that is that an yeah. example of what your company offers? I, I,
1: yeah, absolutely, and I'll give you another example. So uh, Ariana, as uh, she pointed out, works in a, in, in a restaurant, and she's been really mm-hmm. good at talking to people about what we do, um, and one of, one of her regular customers um, has a friend, a slightly older friend, and he bought him a package of visits um, oh. so we're going to be joining him, but where does he want us to make the visits? Well, he travels down to uh, a local um, coffee house, uh, spends the afternoons there, and so instead of us coming to his apartment, he wants us to come and sit on the corner and just have people come to admire the dog and have the dog sit on his lap. So, yep, that's that's exactly how his visits are going to take place.
0: Wow, that's really that's really cool. And and once someone has signed up for your service, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to presume that, <coughs> pardon me, that the same animal that you now have established a relationship along with their handler, that's the same animal mm-hmm. that comes each time, right?
1: Yes. So, so you know, we make all types of visits, right? So we do the kind of independent personal visits that you're talking about. But we're mm-hmm. also working with... Um, senior facilities and senior uh, residences. So, for example, we make visits to uh, memory care facilities, to assisted living, to independent communities. We're about to start visits to even uh, a senior-oriented apartment complex. And in those visits, they Mm -hmm. tend to want multiple animals because everybody wants something different, right? Some people want a large dog that'll kind of put their head on their lap, and some want a dog that they can put in their lap the entirety of the dog and some sure. people just want a dog that's going to roll over and have their belly rubbed so we tend to bring multiple dogs and we always do our best to bring the um, the same pets over and over because again when it's all said and done this is about relationship building right this is feeling like benji is partly mine right so it has to be the exactly
0: same. i just yeah. it's, it's brilliant honestly it's just brilliant i know how i feel when the neighborhood cat is sitting on my front porch because uh-huh. it knows that somewhere between 6.30 and 7.15, <laughs> it's going to get water and it's going to get cat food. And if the uh-huh. crows don't eat all the cat food and the crows don't knock the water bottle over, bottle bowl over, that cat's going to eat. But it doesn't just eat at my house. It actually uh-huh. eats at two or three other houses. <laughs> and I noticed that the ear had been clipped. Well, that's because, it was spayed because it evidently had kittens mm. several years ago. Mm-hmm. And we are outside as neighbors talking one day and it's like, Oh, here comes my cat. Well, wait wait, mm-hmm. what do you mean? It's your cat. It's, it's my cat. It's mm-hmm. a, uh-huh. well, no, it sleeps on uh-huh. my porch. Well, yeah, no, but no, but I really, so did you name your cat? And cause I could call it baby. <laughs> she said, yeah, the cat's <laughs> name is Sylvie. I said, well, how did I know? I mean, well, welcome to the neighborhood, Sylvie. So, it, yep. it does, and and when I don't see her, I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking like, well, you know, is she okay? You know, is there anything mm-hmm. wrong with her? Is she, you know, so we, those of us that don't have those dogs or cats, I I can I can personally understand. Oh boy, it's Tuesday, and Benji's coming today for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. That must be mm-hmm. just so, so great for you guys. And a hundred yeah. dogs is a lot of dogs you?
1: it's not <laughs> enough. That's the problem. I mean, it's, I bet I, it's I, not. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll put this in context, right. I mean, a little bit of history about us, you know, so I'd I, love I had mentioned, yeah, that, that, you know, we've only been around for about a year. Right. And, and I will again mm-hmm. put this in context. So five of us truly founded the company. So myself and Ariana, any of these, and Elisa, my two daughters and a cousin, Nikki, um, uh, and, and a friend of Ariana's, a, a college mate who did all of our marketing. So five of us started this company and all of us had dogs, right? And, you know, when you start an organization, when you start a company, you think, well, if we're fortunate, right, things will go well, right? But you have hopes. But, you know, we thought it would take a while to, um, to have the idea catch on So because we are a unique kind of, of vision in this field, right? Again, there, there are groups that make visits, but, you know, their mission, our mission is somewhat different. So, you know, would this be successful? So we each have animals, right? I think we have five animals, and we're thinking, okay, we'll probably go through about six months, and we should be able to cover, cover all of our visits, right? I mean, it'll take a while to catch on. So <laughs> here we are. Um, it's been a little, little over a year, and we did our year-end summary recently, and, and here's what we found, right? So in the first year of our operation, we visited over 6,000 people. No.
0: We went on
1: 300, over 360 visits. Um, we went from having five animals to having 100 animals. Um, we started hand. out just operating in in the sort of, you know, proper LA area, so, you know, LA, a little bit of the San Fernando Valley in Orange County, um, and now we've spread all through the San Fernando Valley, all through LA. We're operating all over the Imperial Valley in Riverside County. We just expanded wow. into San Diego, we just, exp- we're looking at expanding into San Francisco because we're being asked to, right? I mean, we're concerned about growing too quickly. Um, we, we in the first year, um, we, I think, visited 45 senior facilities. We're up to about 20 universities. I mean, so put it mildly to say that the five dogs was not <laughs> nearly enough to support support what we want to do, but it's been a whirlwind, but Remarkably rewarding and re- remarkably good, and I unfortunately no longer sleep, so yeah
0: there you, well, you know it is go ahead well I, well i was just going I just have to jump in here because i i i'm stunned by your statistics um, mm. I, I i would have I would have had no idea that you would have grown to that degree in such a short period of time, which just confirms for you when you had that when you're meeting how Mm -hmm. valuable your your services are because clearly people want them and Mm -hmm. you know my mind is racing like it always does in a much much of bunch of directions thinking well gosh who do i know that that would (laughs) be good clients for what you do i mean i just think it's it's fabulous and i think once again i should let people know that pause to share is easily found if you google it your phone number is there if you want to be mm-hmm. a handler, which means you're the owner, and you, there is a process that you can go through, there is a price. People don't get your services for free. It's it's you're not. This mm-hmm. is not a nonprofit organization, so you there mm-hmm. is a charge for this. But it doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't seem to be um, too expensive. And certainly, mm-hmm. if people want to call your number and find out that information, they they certainly can. I think mm-hmm. it's just fabulous. I had no idea you were. Ex- Expanding to such a wide service area—that's that's really that's really cool. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you could just tell us um, um, what what is a what is a typical. Maybe, gosh, I was about to say what does a typical <laughs> visit look like, but my guess is, you know, that's probably a ridiculous question because I suspect there's nothing particularly typical, is there? <laughs>
1: yeah, there
2: there is. I, um, I mean, just generally, when we go to universities, what the visits tend to look like is we show up and there are actually a bunch of students already lined up and waiting for us. Um, they can't wait to see the dogs, can't wait to play with them. Um, and those visits, some dogs are running around playing fetch, some are on the floor with the students, just cuddling, being. Petted. Um, there are some dogs whose paws never touch the ground because they just get passed from student to student, just holding them, petting them. So happy. Um, there are lots of pictures being taken, and um, so that's generally what our college visits, one of our college oh. visits look like. We also do some other types of visits at colleges where we do mm-hmm. library visits. You know, we we go into the libraries and the dogs just kind of hang out, and the students take study breaks and come and. And pet the dogs, oh. it's not as much running around, but um, mm-hmm. it definitely, uh, the students enjoy it. Um, and then we go to our senior facilities, and uh, 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 we before we go to senior
1: facilities, Diana, <laughs> can I just add? Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but but go it, ahead. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's actually really interesting. Some of the universities, so we're very careful about the safety, of course, right? We want everybody to be safe, and some universities mm-hmm. will not want the dogs off leash, for example, right? Which makes sense. But even in those visits, we we have some really interesting interactions. So. So long as the handlers are comfortable with it, and so long as the dog will enjoy this, we'll actually let students, so long as they stay in our line of sight, take dogs for a walk right and and you should see the look on students' faces right It's like you're going to let me walk your dog um, our, our, <laughs> our, our, our 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 year old um, you know Aussie golden mix um, she's a runner, so we'll even let people take dogs. Or run, right? Which is great for us because Nia needs to get tired out, or else she's a beast on the way <laughs> home. So, um, <laughs> but, 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 but you know, to your point, and I'll let Ariana finish with the seniors. Uh, every one of our visits is different because every everybody wants is looking to accomplish something different right it might be they want stress Mm -hmm. relief or they want people to feel connected or they want to engage in a naturalistic way and that's that's why so even though we have you know breeds that do really well we, we take we take everything right because there are people who want a Newfoundland, right, a 200-pound dog to show up, and we have a four-pound dog on staff, right? We People want dogs that will run. People want dogs that will do nothing except roll over and say, if you don't scratch my belly, I will not be a happy camper, right? So we, we, yeah, we need every kind of dog in the world because every visit, every need, every need of every student, of every senior – is unique right so our job is to meet those needs so i'm sorry ariana i interrupted but i just want to throw that in too
0: yeah. that's fine. this is a conversation um, if we were sitting at starbucks or your restaurant ariana <laughs> we would all be we would all be interrupting so it's harder on the telephone this way but go ahead ariana what were you going to say about the seniors
2: yeah so then we go to the senior facilities and um you know, they tend to be more subdued, but we do have playful visits there as well, where you'll hand, you know, a senior sitting in a wheelchair uh, a little toy or a tennis ball, and they get so excited and so happy just to be, you know, able to throw the ball. And they love watching the dogs run and, you know, even just for a few feet. Um, and then we have our dogs that will come and just put their head in the senior's lap. And, um, you know, they'll be petted and the seniors will be just, so ecstatic and um really really, really moved by it um it, that must it's really been an so incredible good. experience yes I, it, I it has bet. one particular yeah one particular story for me is um we were visiting a memory care facility and we went into an individual's room she was bedridden she um had she wasn't able to hold a conversation she could say a few words but that was it she you know, would go back into her own world and not be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Well, we came in with this dog, and the dog jumped up on the bed, and the woman started having full conversations, completely <gasps> able to oh converse.
0: Oh my God! Oh no! It was oh that must have made you want to so cry. So moving.
2: It did, oh and
0: after after we
2: oh. left, we we did have a little bit of a cry fest, <laughs> but my it was dad. just absolutely incredible to experience that, oh. and the the nurses and the caretakers were so taken oh. aback by by watching this happen, and it was just oh, one of the most moving experiences story. that oh, I have witnessed at that. a
0: senior facility. Oh, oh never. Never. I've heard at, at memory facilities that sometimes music will do that where a, a non conversive mm-hmm. person can suddenly, you probably know about this, Jamie, where that non conversive mm-hmm. person can suddenly stop speaking, start speaking. But I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to visualize this actual playing out with not only person with the memory issues that starts talking, which is just mind boggling to me, but imagine the handler, the owner. What this oh, must have meant to that owner to know oh, that they're, oh, oh my God, that must have we, just been we get,
1: incredible. I, we get calls from our handlers in tears of joy. They have been so moved. We, we 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 try to create an internal dialogue too. So we've got an intranet, and every once in a while, a handler will will post about uh, they it. They held it together while they were in the facility, but they walk out sobbing tears of joy. It's been so moving. Yeah, it's It's. Yeah, yeah. It's fabulous.
0: So, you know, with mm-hmm. all of this that you're saying that is just so um, uplifting, um, there have to be some challenges. I, would, I, I have to presume that there are some challenges. I don't know if you want to talk about them, but do hmm. you find that, that you do have some challenges? Is it? I don't know. Commitment is it? I don't know what it might be. Uh, yes, I mean, as a company, and especially a young
2: company, we do have a lot of challenges and issues that we're working out. Um, some of mm-hmm. them on the back end with our computer systems and making sure everyone is capable of properly navigating them, um, but also mm-hmm. just communication among the handlers and scheduling the visits and making sure that people follow through and show up and. Um, don't decide that they have something else that they would like to do. It is, it is definitely a challenge to find people who are um, committed to this and willing to take the time to go on the visits. Uh, they are being compensated. Um, our visits do cost $25 an hour um, per pet. However, 12 of that does go to the handlers, and <laughs> at least we hope that part of that is going to the animals as well mm-hmm. to get treats for mm-hmm. all of their hard work. Um, sure. But it, is, it can definitely be a struggle. I would well, so yeah. gonna...
1: Go ahead, Jamie. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say so, along those lines, just given our rapid growth, one of the huge challenges has been getting enough handlers um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah you know there are people out there right but you know we we're, we're doing huge outreach right we're doing through social media we're doing through some partnerships with breed specific groups with um dog training groups but having said that i mean i'm telling you we have over 100 dogs we've grown dramatically but given the geographic breadth of our visits given the fact that that uh, the number of dogs people want on occasion to make visits. So, for example, we'll see if it happens, but we're actually talking to um, UC San Diego at the moment, and they're talking mm-hmm. about wanting 20 do- dogs on a visit at one time, right? So you need a fair stable of animals to make those visits. Um, right. You know, So that's a huge challenge. Um, I will say that one of the, the things that's been... Somewhat, it, it, it also has been really rewarding is that we've, we've partnered with a number of breed specific um, rescue organizations. And I will like, say like, that give over me a 90- couple
0: examples.
1: What, what, sure, what would some sure. of those breeds be? Right. So, for example, we're working uh, with a group, the Southern California Lab Rescue Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also talking to a uh, Corgi group and a, a few others. But oh. for example, mm-hmm. I think we've got six handlers. Um, and what they've actually done is they're very happy about the compensation because what they're actually doing is they're don- donating that money directly back to the rescue organization. Oh, um, wow, so that's neat. Yeah, so it, it, it's played out well for everybody. And, and I will say that when it's all said and done, sort of the pride and joy of this company Are the people we work with the dog with the you know who own these dogs right? These people are Mm -hmm. incredibly giving, incredibly sharing. I mean, think about it. I mean, you've got to love the dogs to begin with, but then you've got to be welcoming and um, generous enough to spend your time spending your animals with other people, right? So, we we do our best to thank our our handlers, our owners, but when it's all said and done, they're really the group that makes us go. So, um.
0: it's it's so unique. I, I mean, I, I've been doing this a long time, and I've just never come across an organization—or I keep saying organization—but really, honestly, what I—it's I, a company, but you know, it feels more like a movement. Mm-hmm. Like th- th- there's there's some there's something very organic about what you guys are mm-hmm. doing that makes mm-hmm. such a difference whether you're on a, a campus or you're at a senior facility or a memory clinic or something like that or maybe frankly maybe you just can't really afford to have an Mm -hmm. animal or maybe for for, uh, a variety of reasons maybe where you live they don't allow pets and you really Mm -hmm. miss having a pet and so let's meet up at starbucks or let's meet over at Uh the park and let me have Mm -hmm. some pet time does something like that happen as well
1: Oh, all the time, yeah. all the time. And, and and the other organic nature of this, and, and it's been interesting because as we've been doing all this outreach and handler recruitment, we're realizing that there is a huge need on the side of people who own pets, right? So there are people who would love to make these visits, but, you know, they perhaps don't have the time to go through a, through, through a full certification process or their dog mm-hmm. is still young and still, you know, jumps up a little bit or you know, without breaking skin might gnaw, right? Now, they could never pass a certification for a therapy group. And again, you know, to Ariana's point earlier, we would never take that dog to a senior center. But those dogs right. are huge hits on, on university campuses, right? And, and I, I, I'll throw this in too. Our, the people we're serving is growing mm-hmm. all of the time. And, and one of the pride and joys is we got approached by an alternative high school Group. So this oh. is a a, a a set of charters, 11 charters, that are doing really important work, right? These are kids, for whatever reason, have had to drop out of a normal track, um, but really want to continue their education and move forward with it. Well, we were contacted by them. Now, they made us jump through every hoop in the book, but this week, <laughs> yeah. we start, hmm. we start visits every day of the week, uh, two hours every day and the kids are already lining up now the kids the kids get to determine when they come into school there's no set schedule for them but they're already finding that knowing that the dogs are going to be there is attracting more students to want to come in and they're already talking about taking this five days a week and they're talking about taking it to their other centers so you know when we talk about the potential good that this organization can do i can tell you we have these reminders on a regular basis so um you know, we're fulfilling needs for the people who want the visits, but the handlers are really joyful too, right? So oh, you bet! It's, it's, it's sure still working out well. Yeah,
0: it's a win-win. And you know what? What it also just occurs to me—it's sort of like you know—I always think of that Prell commercial. We're old enough to know that mm-hmm. one, where it's and so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. But what what's occurring to me when you're going to the younger population mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. they may feel motivated at some point to actually be a handler themselves yep. and find that they love, they, they've got to have a Labradoodle or they've got to mm-hmm. have, a, like you mentioned, a Corgi or some kind of mm-hmm. a carrier or whatever that breed is. My son has a pug, you know, there's just mm-hmm. a Frenchie. There are some breeds that mm-hmm. people just love being around. Yep. And maybe yep. maybe you're inspiring as, as you know, you're still in school, Ariana. Your sister, is is your sister still in school as well, or is she completely done?
2: No. Um, we've both graduated from undergrad. I'm getting ready for grad school. Right. So we're both what is, and,
0: <laughs> Right. But I, are you both going on to grad school or just you? No, she is not. Just me. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you, you could see where um, this is. This could have um, implications from your visitors that are maybe on a college campus that are thinking about, you know, going into a field that has something to do with being professional dog handlers, dog trainers, uh-huh. you know, anything like that where they've met a breed or they've just come across this experience where they could, this could be a branching um, opportunity for them as well. I, I could see that being a, a real possibility.
1: Uh-huh, yeah, yeah.
0: Where do you so so you're you're only a, a little over a year into this. So where do you where do you see yourself in a in a year from now? Do you do you you, do you don't see yourself moving out of the state managing it this way? Do you you see yourself staying in basically the, the SoCal San Diego? I mean that's a pretty wide territory, frankly.
1: So do you really want to hear my delusions of grandeur, Marcia? I'm happy to yeah, share delusions with you. Yeah, sure. Why you, not? If you, if you sure. So yeah, um, I will one. share my delusions. So, yeah, we actually have pretty grandiose visions as to where this goes. And, and, you know, part of it is a business motivation. Part of it is just what our overall mission is. And, you know, well, there are lots of loving people who need dogs in California. There are lots of people all over this country. And, again, we're, we're hearing yeah. more and more of people who want to do this, right? So we will, as an organization, be very careful about Mm-hmm. The speed at which we expand our operations. Um, the the new foray into San Diego has given us a good idea of some of the challenges we'll face when we go into new territory, but it's also given us mm-hmm. a, an idea of the kinds of solutions we can have to that. So, so if you're asking me in a year, will we be outside of California? I think not, right? But if you ask me in mm-hmm. five years, um, I would like to see if. It, multiple states, right? I would like to see us sure. expanding uh, greatly. There's even interest. Um, we've gotten contacted by people in the UK. I got contacted by people in uh, in Australia. I got contacted by people in New Zealand. So do we go there immediately? No. Um, but we'll be careful right. about it. But I expect us to expand. And then, you know, one thing I'll say is, well, we are an organization, right? We're a company, right? This is all about Social good, and what being a for-profit has allowed us to do, is to scale at a fairly rapid pace um, mm-hmm. and become self-funding. And over time, the you know the real expansion that I would love to see this organization have is that as we begin to able to fund ourselves, that we build a foundational wing of what we do, and that we're able to offer services to communities that otherwise could not afford these kinds of visits. So we'll be a self-funding nice. company. With the, self funding foundation where the outreach becomes broad and deep. So that that's the long, my long term vision is to where we go.
0: well but you know how how nice is that? I, I mean really I, I just think what you're doing for whomever six thousand people I'm still um, thinking about about that okay. is just staggering. It's a staggering amount yeah. of people. And you know, people get stressed for a lot of different reasons. Um, school is just starting up again. You know, the holidays mm-hmm. are right around the corner. Um, there's a lot of things that, that happen, you know, work-related stress, you know, family illnesses. There's, there's, You know, I could go on and on about the stresses in life, but I think what you made so clear today to our listeners, and I think that's the beauty, that's the beauty of a podcast. You know, back in the in the days when I first started my radio show, I was in a studio here in Westchester, Mm -hmm. and it was an audiovisual show, and my guests had to come in to the studio to do the show with me. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm Mm -hmm. on a podcast, where people can listen on all these different platforms, um, you know, people can listen. And my other show was internet as well. But people can listen anywhere in the country or the, or the world, as you say, where you have mm-hmm. people from the U.K. and Australia. I think that your message is so valuable, and um, you're very, very easy to find. And if people that are mm-hmm. listening, and I know I have a lot of friends that have dogs, and maybe, maybe they're retired. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about how mm-hmm. I know people. Maybe I have a retired yep. friend that has the perfect dog that would be a great handler they can get in touch with you you I'm I know you have a criteria of what the expectations are and it's another one of those win-win situations which I think is just fabulous are you I just I know that we are local you and I so where Mm -hmm. is your operation where 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 is where do you (laughs) where do you work out of or do you have a location are you in the
1: valley um, so so we are a completely virtual organization. That actually has been my modus operandi for all the companies I've started. Okay. But that's cool. officially, This organization is headquartered in Seal Beach, California. So all of twenty minutes okay. away from you, Marcia. Um, that's right. It, yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Well that that's good to know. I mean I, I really didn't know precisely where you were located. And, but, like you say, you're virtual, and that's that's the beauty mm-hmm. of where we are today and i and I know social media gets such a bad rap, but I just don't sit on that side i yeah, I'm not going to read somebody's political rants because I'm just not interested, but that's okay. I don't have to um there mm-hmm. is so much joy and beauty that we can all um you know if it wasn't for social media, how would I get my information out, and mm-hmm. people will be able to listen to this show however they like. But without social media, I'd have a heck of a time doing that. Yep. So I yep. think what would be really great um, is to visit with you guys six months from now and oh, and please. see where you've landed and see how things are going. But um, these, this hour goes so quickly, and I just,
1: yes, just
0: want to thank you so, so much. And, Leah, thank you for the suggestion of, of meeting with the two of you because, I mean, I'm not going to forget that story about the dog that went into mm. the home with that woman. I'm not going to forget that. That that has left an impression in my mind and on my heart. And um, I just think that's beautiful. So I, mm. I want to thank both of you for for being my guests. I don't know if you had any final thoughts you wanted to say because while it's a one-hour show, hey, um, nobody's going to kick me yeah. out of the air if we go over a little longer. Did you have any closing remarks that you wanted to make?
1: Well, I mean, my only closing remark is, first of all, to thank you. This was uh, a lovely experience. You're welcome. I mean, as you pointed out, this was was a discussion. This wasn't an interview, which was very nice, and as you can tell, we love to talk about this stuff. This is truly a passion of ours. Um, Having said that, we are still a small family organization, as we talked about, and anybody who wants talk to us we we are we're available right you can find us on Facebook you can contact us on our website and the reality is that I or Ariana or Elisa or Nikki or Devin or Lena will get back in touch with you and we want to Beautiful. share stories we want to learn more about you um, <laughs> I'll put it out there anybody who wants visits we want to come visit anybody who wants to make visits I mean that's one of our biggest challenges so uh yeah, I, that's it. But thank you, thank your audience. Um, so very much appreciated. Well,
0: you're you're welcome, and, and Ariana, um, all the best to you and your pursuits. Um, um, as you thank go you. for your physical therapy, I think that's really pretty exciting as well. Your life is is ahead of you, and I think it would be wonderful to to review, you know, towards the end of the year and see, you know, where you've come um, thus far. So. Uh, I'm going to – I have this music, okay? So you talked about (laughs) challenges in a new business. Uh, Trust me, uh, it happens. And I'm going to play this outgoing music right now because there's no royalty involved and I just don't like hanging the phone up because it just sounds so cold. So I'm going to play a little bit of that music now. And thank you once again for joining me. I will make sure that this is posted on our social media so anyone that didn't listen to the show live will have an opportunity to come back and listen to it in a little while. So, thank you again. I'm going to, if I'm lucky, I'm going to set this up right now. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there it is. So, thank you Great. very much for joining me. Yeah. And um, thank you, everybody, for always supporting me on my journey on talk radio. And um, until next week, everybody, bye for now.
1: All right. All right.
0: Bye. <laughs> bye.